absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons. Another episode of Leave the Pins podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. And on tonight's pod, we have literally the best rapping golfer in the state of Texas, my man, Tiger Hoods 903. Tiger, man. what's good? Man, nothing much, man. Getting this work, getting back in my groove, getting back in my groove. I, I was off a couple of days, been kind of doing some behind-the-scenes work. I've been really been writing. I'm writing some songs because I want to start doing some stuff with some some courses. So I've actually sat down and write and stopped, kind of put the freestyling to the side for just about two or three songs. But I'll be right back to it, though. <laughs> All right. So we, we've got to let people know that, that this is not like a self-proclaimed side hobby or anything like that. Like you live this. You are a phenomenal golfer. You are a phenomenal yes. rapper. Uh, you have an album out that's available on iTunes. Like you literally in the live this. Yes, I do. I live this every single day. Like, and I, I, I probably, I don't even probably can tell you the last time I like slipped past seven o'clock because I normally wake up about six o'clock, get my workout in, go run, all that other type of stuff. Then get my practice in at the house on my nip, like working on fundamentals before I go to the driving range to work. And then if the session's good enough, then we hit the course. If not, then we just pick back up where we left off yesterday. And Till we get it right. All right, so that's a little bit different than a normal rapper's lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know it, man. And it's just because, like, it's so, like, so easy for me, I guess you can say. And I'm not saying this, like, oh, my God, it's so easy, like, clockwork. Like, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it's so natural to me that, like, it's, it's basically like, man, you know what? I feel like making a song or two today. You know what? Hey, I feel like making an album. Let me just call up our producer, Louie, and let's set up Slew the Time and let's go do it. And then I go and make a song in like 15 minutes, and I make another song in 15 minutes. I make two in about an hour or so like that. Then, boom, I got an album, and I'm already done. Then I'm back to the course playing golf. All right, so so give the people a little bit of background for you. I mean, because obviously, you know, music is a gift. Athletics is a gift to you as well. How how do you how did you combine the two? Like, where's that where's that inspiration or that mindset come from to mix rapping with golf? Because quite honestly, we talked a little bit off air on this. Like, those are kind of two things that don't usually mix. Yeah, and that's what fuel that I'm gonna be dead honest with you. That's what fuel my rocket. <laughs> like, I, it's it's hard to explain, man. Like, I get so many looks because of like the way I dress or the way I like my just my natural like you know the first initial perception of who I am before I hit a golf ball, but that's what I want. Like, I embrace that because, like I've said on my page and every, everywhere else, like my dad always taught me, you can deny a lot of things, but you can't deny greatness. So no matter how much you might not like somebody, if they're great at something, they're just great at something, and you gotta accept that. And that's how I kind of accepted with the golf and with the rap. And so as far as like, I always kind of, as, as a kid and in high school playing sports and, and college, all that other type of stuff like that, everybody always know me for freestyling. And like when we finish the football game, we win, everybody be like, man, freestyle, freestyle on back <laughs> the bus or stuff like that. So. I've always been good at it. I just kind of mixed it together and kind of 
you know, like kind of like really standing on me being different, me being myself and not changing up, not trying to fit in to be accepted. Like I, I'm much rather, as long as I got money in my pocket, I'd rather be a lone sheep than anything else. <laughs> well, I think that's, you know, one of the things that I love about people is people that don't fit stereotypes, that people that don't fit in a box. You can't look, you know, at a certain person and say, oh, that person is this, because then they go and switch it up 180 and they're completely different. And so I love that about meeting people and especially people in golf, because there's a perception, right, in golf that everyone's a cookie cutter, a country club kid, and everyone that plays golf has money. And, you know, like myself growing up, you know, I grew up on public golf. Like, it, granted, I grew up near Bethpage, but I used to go sleigh riding on Bethpage when I was a kid. Like, that's what I remember. I don't, I, I didn't play it when I, when I was there. It was, it was still too much money, but we'd sneak on in the winter and go sleigh riding down the first hole, you know? So, like, yeah. to me, there, there's nothing better for me than, like, a public course kid making it big, you know, taking down, like, a country club kid. And I know there's a lot of country club people that listen to that. And, and you know, no disrespect, because I want you to invite me to your course, because it's gorgeous. But you got to stay, you got to stay true to yourself too. And I mean, and you're doing that through the golf and, and through the music as well. Man, I'm trying my absolute hardest to like, man, I went to, I went to Mississippi. I am not going, I'm not going to bash nobody. I don't believe in that, but I went to Mississippi down to Waveland, Mississippi. And one of those golf courses around there, I went to go get a cart and there was about five or six people in front of me who, I mean, yeah, and we know where this is going, but they were five sure. people, yeah. Caucasian people in front of me. They got carts and everything else, and all cool, fine and dandy. When I got up there, they made me give them my driver's license, and they kept my driver's license, and they were kind of rude with me and everything else like that. And I ran into another black dude out there on the golf course. He said, maybe they were like that because you're tall. I said, yep, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's some, obviously humor, you know, diffuses a lot of situations, but I mean, for anyone that thinks like that's okay, like that flat out sucks. Like, and 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 you know, we you and I talked about this off air a little bit before too. You know, like I'm completely tattooed up, so I walk on to some of these amazing courses that I've been privileged enough to play, and I get a look from the starter, or I get a look from like the car guy, and I'm just like, hey man, not to knock what you do for a living, that's cool and all, but like, you know, you know nothing about me. I, I might be able to buy you ten times over. You're judging based upon what I put on my skin and like and that's insane in in today's day and age unfortunately but it it still occurs exactly like I've I've uh, like here recently I've kind of got to where like I see people like look looking at me like that or there's a group or something like that like I just go up there and I don't say nothing because I already know how it goes. As soon as they look at you they'll say they'll think whatever you want to then when I my golf ball carries about 320 and then they're like, how the heck did you just hit the golf ball that far? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe because it's maybe because it's on black. Maybe that's what yeah. it's, on black. <laughs> it's a perfect way to handle it, you know? I mean, yeah, it, it, it sucks. And, and golf is, you know, unfortunately, we're both in, in a sport that is very much based on perception. You know, there's, there's really not maybe tennis. I don't know, but. I don't play tennis, you know, much anymore. Um, but I don't think of any other sport where you automatically look at somebody and you say, that person shouldn't be here. That person can't play here without even seeing a skill set beforehand. 
Exactly. Like, like where I'm from, I know a dude who went and played at Sam Houston State University. And, man, this dude can hit a 9-iron like 180 yards and some cowboy boots and spurs on. <laughs> that, like, it, it does not matter. If you got a gift and you're talented and you're good at what you do, you're just good at it. And you, hey, when they try to count you out, you got to make them count you in. That's the truth. So one of the things, I mean, one of the things about rap, about hip hop, is that most of these songs, most of these um, albums are about a rapper's or an MC's life. You know, most of the time people are not spouting off about things that they don't know. And that's what that's what makes the genre kind of so endearing to a lot of people because people have been through that and they can relate. Now, your rapping is is about something completely different. It's it's about golf. Um, obviously, people can now realize that, man, this kid plays, this kid plays well, he loves this sport. Do you ever see your rap kind of um, diverging out to different areas or you kind of keeping it just on the golf itself? Uh, this is my goal. My goal is to make it to it because, first of all, the music part of, let's say, rap itself is, is one whole area. Then we'll say R&B is a whole area. Then we'll say, like, Texas music as a whole. <laughs> and then we'll say golf is one area. Then we'll say, like, just the people who I'm connected with in as far and the connections that I will make. All that is all one. And it's just like it's just like if you have a product you believe in, you're not going to change it up because trying to go from different group to different group. You're going to believe in what you, you have better success believing in what you're selling than trying to continue to swap up and swap up. Because if you continue to swap up and swap up, you're just going to you're never going to perfect your craft. You got to stick with something and go for what you know, stand for something or fall for anything. And so. Like my song "Go for a Slide," that's it's a rap song, but yeah, it's a R&B song. Like that's me singing on there, and I got like some songs that are gonna be like slow jam type songs that are, are that of course they're gonna be clean, but like you know to reach that type of like you know slow jam R&B for the older school people, and then go back to my newer school stuff. And I'm gonna make sure that I hit every single demographic. That way, I can make sure that my sound is going all over. But man, I got people who. I got people who listen to my my music when they're in the garage building stuff. People in there, whenever they're out at the golf course, when they're in the house chilling with the family. My little sister, who's like 10 years old, she jams this and sews it to her hairdresser and everything. <laughs> I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, if it's good, it's just like, it, I mean, if it's good, a good product going to sell itself. All right. So, honestly, that's the answer I kind of hoped you would give. You know what I mean? That you stay true to yourself. Because I think that's what people... People believe in that, you know what I mean? People can believe in you when they know that, okay, like Tiger Hoods is not going to, you know, flip 180 on me and all of a sudden go a different direction or something like that. Um, now, you mentioned Go for a Slide. So to me, that's the single off the entire album, right? Diamond in the Rough. Like to me, that's it. Like if something's going to go on airplay or whatever, like that's the song right there. We you have any so? plans? Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. I think that's, um, now give a little background. A lot of people don't know this. But in high school and college, I was in a band. I sang a um, little bit different musical style. We were a hardcore punk band, but I can relate to the music. Do you know what I mean? So music is something that I absolutely love. And, and I talk about it a lot with a lot of the guests on the show because music is something that people are so passionate about, just like the game of golf. Um, so I would like to, to say that I, I think 
you know, maybe I kind of understand all different genres of music, but listen to the albums a few times over. Like, that's the one that hits me with the hook, uh, with the verse, with the way that you're able to change up, like, your staccato and your voice and the rhythm in it. Uh, you have any, any inkling to maybe do a video for that or any others? Man, I th- for one, I know my first video I'm doing, I'm doing to Golf Cart, because that one right there, that has been my number one song. Like, everybody loves that song. Uh, it's my biggest song on Apple Music, and it's my biggest on Spotify, So and on YouTube. So it, I have to go with that one first. Okay. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do Go For A Slide, but I'm going to do Go For A Slide and uh, this song that I'm, I'm going to do called Tee Up. I'm going to do them together because they're both kind of like a slow jam type vibe together. I might even like try to figure out a way to like converge them into one and make like a one like kind of like a mini movie type thing. That'd be kind of okay. Cool. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, now, obviously, you know, music is something that that you just don't pick up at a, you know, let's say 15, 16 years old. I mean, it's something that kind of uh, is ingrained in you from your your parents or maybe aunts and uncles or grandparents, stuff like that. What, what type of music did you grow up on? Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's see how to put this. My grandparents, they listened to nothing but country music. My mom, and she listened to like kind of like the Avril Lavigne, like the Pink, all that type of stuff. I listened to basically everything. Like I, that's like when I talk about music, and like I'm so inclined in music. Like I can hear a song maybe like two or three times, and then I can almost sing you word for word it back. So like, there's not a song really on the radio that I can't that I can't sing. Like I used to, you know, like you can on uh, like Alexa, you can play that that music quiz game. Mm-hmm. Man, my family fights over who's going to <laughs> get me on their team because like, I know a song like all the way back from the A's. Like I listen to anything from the Beatles to Johnny Cash to Merle Haggard, to all the way to Lil Wayne, Slim Thug, Zero, Lil Kiki. I mean, you name it. I go the whole spectrum. Now, obviously, you mentioned Lil Kiki there, you know, an enormous uh, influence in Houston rap. So was it Houston that you grew up in? or um, uh, Yeah, Houston you grew up in, and then you moved to, like, the DFW area? No, like I've I've always been in like East Texas, but like my family is from Houston. So okay. as I, as a kid, I always was there in Houston. And then when as I turned to adult, like that's where I spent the rest of my time is in Houston until I started going to school in Dallas. And then that's when I moved to Fort Worth, and which was like right down the road from my best friend. And that's how we got all this Tiger Hood stuff. <laughs> So, uh, you know, if, if people don't know um, the music industry or, or, or the rap industry, there's certain areas of the country which are, are kind of extremely popular for their own sound. You know, um, you know, New York rap is, is dirty. It's very gritty. You know, you think of like Wu-Tang um, being the pioneers there and, and, and even the, the early um, uh, influence of rap, you know. Um, like Grandmaster Flash and all them. You think of yeah. Atlanta. You think of Atlanta rap, you know, and that's got that that whole kind of big Southern drawl. But you like, kind of yeah, really I, were. I, yeah. You you were really influenced a lot. We talked a little bit about before by like DJ Screw, right? By like that chopped like, and screwed. Yeah, that I, did, which I have an old soul. Like I have a super old soul. So like DJ Screw, Fat Pat, Hawk, Big Mo. All them people like back in the SUC type days, all the way up to like the 
like you said, like the Mike Jones, the Lil Kiki, the Zero, the Slim Thugs. I mean, all the way up to now, like some Sauce Walker. You got all them type of different people. Yeah, Travis so, Scott now is is exactly, you know enormous. I mean, that, rules the world. You know, that was gonna be my next one. That was gonna be my next point. Look at Travis Scott, man, from Houston, and. I mean, you look at go look at his videos and his concerts, and you don't tell me if he ain't got some loyal fans. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Houston rap is just—I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like it's uh, embracing. It's kind of like when you go to New Orleans. If you ever been to New Orleans, you know that when you go, you're just another piece to the puzzle. You're not an eyeball. You don't stick out. Same thing with this Houston rap stuff. For one, here in Texas, really everybody's welcome. If you cool to kick it and you a good person then hey sit around and let's do whatever now here in like in the houston side of like the music and stuff like that it's a, a way to it's a way to do it and what's was something that everybody tries to do at some point in their life they try to freestyle so guess what it's the same thing you gotta you gotta implement that and i try to think about those type of things like 10 steps ahead like marketing wise that's why like in my music i don't cuss at all I do not cuss at all because I wanted to be able to reach every single, you know, age group from a little kid all the way up to old people. And if you want me to be honest with you, I probably have more more people who are over 30 years old who are my fans than people my age. And I'm 22. It's uh, it's something that's that's I think severely overlooked now in the rap game because you know, one of the things that, that I truly feel is it's very easy to sit down. You mentioned this before. It's very easy to sit down and write out, you know, 32, 64 bars or whatever for a song. And it's also very easy to use curse words or um, slang words to rap to. Because, exactly. you know, you, you could put a draw on a certain word and, 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 and kind of blur it into another one. And that's that's easy. And to me, that's, that's almost lazy in a certain extent. And, and you've gone off and, and not only, in my opinion, maybe picked one of the hardest things to rap about golf, but you've done it in a way which makes it even more difficult to rap. And that's by keeping it clean and just using kind of what you know. Where did that idea come about? To And I know you mentioned kind of maybe the sponsors in the future and stuff like that. Do you, do you ever feel like that isolates you at all from you know, other rappers in your genre or, you know, other contemporaries in Houston, Dallas area? Yeah, I, I think so. But, I mean, it came from, like, I'm, man, you would be surprised. Like, all I do, like, I'm not at the golf course and I'm not making music. Or, like, I'm not with my friends at the barn, like, messing with our horses and stuff like that. Man, I, that's what I'm doing. I'm reading, picking up knowledge, either watching documentaries or reading, like, actually reading material and, that type of stuff, I just thought about it like, man, I'm not going to cuss because I'm already behind the eyeball being black in the golf world. And I'm trying to make these people buy my product of rap music that's about golf. I dang sure can't cuss because then that's really going to make my boat never like take off. So okay, I, I got to I can't I can't let that little tidbit that you have horses just slide by. Uh, it, <laughs> Do you, you like them or is that it? Look, man, I'm, I'm, I grew up on Long Island where you literally live on top of people. I live in PA where everyone, you know, they do. They ride horses and ATVs and quads and stuff like that. Is that normal out there? They live uh, on your property. Okay, so like 
here in Texas and in Louisiana, Mississippi, Arkansas, we have like kind of like how like they do street outlaws on TV, like how they drag race cars. We drag race horses, but we race standardbreds, which are horses that you know the ones that you see on TV pulling the buggies with the things on the legs, which are called hobbles. And we we bomb, bring them down here, put a saddle on their back, and train them to the saddle and then we go out and drag and race them like down 250 300 yards wide open okay so, so. Here, here's here's my first question i can completely relate to like the drag racing right growing up i saw it on on the streets uh for all my long island people they've done it down hempson turnpike they know that right <laughs> you, you get someone to drop their arms or something like that and you step on the gas how, how do you how do you make a horse go Okay, I tell you, like we have two ways you can start the race, and you have to. It has to be understood before you start. You can either park them, which they're both at a complete dead standstill, and when one takes off, you have the option to go. If you're close enough, like say within, like y'all are side by side or within a horse of each other, then I mean that's still a good good lead. Or you can roll them in, which they never stop. They just are side by side, and then it's to see who has the most foot speed. But like a lot of people, you want to, you really want to train a horse because it's really, really hard to get them to leave like super fast from a dead standstill. And if you can train one to do that, you have like a serious advantage. So everybody really t- tries to spend their time training one to park and leave from a dead standstill. It, and if you have a horse that's consistent, consistency is what wins in this game. Kind of like golf. Yep. I just, I abs- I'm enamored with the, the different cultural aspects of this country. Like it never ceases to amaze me. And that's just, like, that's, a, that's another layer, man, for you to go off of. I think that's, that's phenomenal. Yeah, I, 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 talk about it, I talk about it in my songs. Some of them, like I used to ride horses, but I traded them for clubs or like uh, I, I probably with my brothers out on Nick K. I probably with them every day, probably at the barn, get a horse some hay, then back to the course I can play, like that type of stuff. <laughs> All right, Ken, um, now you mentioned, obviously, anyone can sit down and write, you know, uh, a few bars. Um, freestyling being an art. Can I put a little pressure on you for the podcast patrons to yep. maybe give us four, six, maybe eight bars about what, whatever? Okay. I mean, uh, we, had a big, we had a big tournament that ended yesterday. I don't know. Maybe, you know. Okay. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Uh, I'm going to try to do... Okay, just so people don't think that like I I be writing this stuff, I'm gonna try to now, put. I, look, I'm 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 looking at the man right now. He's not. It's not. It's not. It's not in front of him. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna try to do. I'm gonna try to put in Murakawa in there. He was what 13 under yesterday. Uh yes, correct. Okay, he was 13 under yesterday, and I'm gonna talk about being on Leave the Pen podcast, and I'm gonna talk about all gas, uh, gas house golf. Well, yeah, we'll talk gas house in a second. I don't, I don't want Rich to get any ideas like we're avoiding him or anything. Okay, so here we go. Let's see. I, man, the only thing is, I wish I had a beat for this. Let me think, let me think. Okay. I wish I could give that to you, but as far as production value goes, we're pretty low-key, man. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Um, I'm out here on the phone, and I'm with Leave it, uh, Leave, let's see. Uh, let me think, let me think. Hold on, let me go back. Leave, leave the pin podcast. Leave the pin podcast. Okay. Yeah, I think leave the pins probably easier to rap with, you know, okay. than podcast. I, I might, well, like, I have to think about them both, them options. That way it'll make it easier. Let's see. Leave the pin podcast, and I'm about to show you boys really how to flow it, and I'm really making noise. I'm the best in the game, and I'm best, I'm the best with my swing. I'm Tiger Who's the King, and they all know my name. 
I'm out here with Leave the Pen and we getting it in and talk about gas uh, gas half golf and we about to get it in. He sent me a package for some clothes. You already know how that goes. I'm about to shoot a couple videos and then I'm gonna show you which way I really go. I'm about <laughs> to show you boys that I really can flow. I'm the best in the game, even I'm the coldest and it might even snow. I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna let you go. But wait, hold on. We still on the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. That's fantastic. So listen, you, we mentioned Gas House. Um, you know, hey, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not gonna lie to you. That is probably the most hardest way to do it because when you get a when you get like a, a beat you can catch the rhythm so you know how to catch your words and you know how to think about it in your head. Like, at least for me, I think ahead that way. I know, I know what I'm going to say the line before I even say it. Right. Trying to, trying to do it without a beat, that's the hardest way to do it. That is that's, the hardest you know what, way to do it. That, that, it's funny you mention that. At Rich, Gas House, we'll get to you in a second, but that's, that's funny that you mentioned that. So I'm, I'm a teacher, right? And I find myself a lot of times, words are coming out of my mouth, but I'm already on the next topic in my head. Is that kind of is that kind of like what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, it in a sense, but like, see, like, I hear a beat, and all all it takes for me is I need to start. So like, say like I hear a beat and it's going going. That first line determines the whole song for me. Okay. And like, if it if it's if that first thing that comes out of my my mouth like on golf cart, like I heard that beat, and it was like do 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 do. Like it had that creeping, that creep to it. Like, it, like two things popped up in my head. Like somebody creeping down a fence line, like trying to be nosy, or like somebody just like you know slowly moseying along the cart path at the golf course, and you like hurry up and get out the way. So, <laughs> so then that's when it came to my mind: riding the golf cart with a push start. It ain't about the dog, but the size of the heart. And then once I got that, then it was just, it was just wraps from that. And like I'm a Gatorade sipper. Like the the dude was. The dude was like looking, uh, he, like the person who does our beats and records for us and stuff like that. When I was going, I said, I'm, "This most clear, I think I can see that I'm the new face. I'm MVP. I'm going everywhere. I'm at the WGC." And then he was finna try to tell me to stop because on some of my songs, if you listen, you can hear me. Like to tell y'all, like to tell people who listen to my music, to know that I literally go like when I when the record starts. That's when I go. You can hear on some of my songs me gasping for air if you listen close enough. And my producer, he don't like that, so he'll tell me to stop. But then when I came in, my music is the ivy, my skills are in the needle. I was taught to go hard to the riff, blow the whistle. That came all the top, all off the top of my head. Like I didn't have time to even think about that. And when I did, his eyes got, I mean, big as two solo. <laughs> so he was like, man, you were doing something different. Yeah, it's you know people don't understand a lot of your rap it's it's not so much like that verse hook chorus style which a, a lot of people rap in and a lot of people recorded you go you know super hard for like 16 24 36 bars and then there's a little chorus and then you're right back in it so i would assume that's got to be super difficult to do live it it is in a sense but like I, I sit around like when I that's what that's how I really got good at this. Like when I'm at the driving range, I when I'm not filming myself, I listen to like instrumentals in my head. So like I'm always when I'm in that setting, I'm practicing because what other way can I practice my material better than being at the golf course? So 
I'm seeing things that I normally like. If you're at the house trying to think about what you're seeing at the golf course, you might see the mar. You think about oh, the marshal, the tee box, stuff like that. When you're actually there, you're seeing everything that's going on. You can see the, you can see like the people on the putting green. You can see the people leaving the clubhouse. You can see the cart girl. You can see the marshal. You can see the goofball at the driving range knocking them out there in the parking lot. Like you can see all that stuff. So, it it changes the dynamic of it and how you write. And so when I practice that, then when I take it to the booth, I think about, dang, okay, what did I see today? And it's a whole lot easier, a whole lot fresher on your mind. Then it's easy to tell somebody about your day versus trying to sit at home and think, what do you generally see? Because it's a whole, you know, broader spectrum. Right. And and then right there lies the truth in the music because it's your day. It's the world through your eyes. And like, I, like that's why I always I, I talk about my brothers being with me. Like, uh, I and I always every every single video I'm gonna shout them out because they are like really my people, man. I, they're the ones who kept me going with this. They're the ones who introduced me to this and everything else like that. And my my brothers who stay on the K in Fort Worth, and I, I talk about all that type of stuff to get people like actual. Uh, I guess you can say different view. Because, like you said, like how you told, like you said, oh, I'm not gonna let you skip over the horses part. People don't know I mess with horses. People don't know I play golf. People don't know I can rap. People don't know I can do all these things. So you have to find a way to, you know, converge them all into one and give your final product. Yeah, I, I mean that's it's pretty cool, man. Um, I, one of the things that I'm interested in, yeah, who does your beats? Are they specific for you? Um, because I know that's a that's a whole. I have, yeah, they're, they're specifically for me. Yeah. Uh, I have a dude in Fort Worth. His name is Louie. He's like, in every single song, that's my that's my signature. If people haven't noticed by now, my, I always make sure that I say Louie's name in every single one of my songs because that's, I mean, he's the one who actually even embraced my crazy idea of even rapping about golf. So I'm always give credit every single time. But yes, he makes all my beats. So I always tell him, hey, like, this is what I got going. This is what I'm trying to do. Bam, he rips it up for me. So you have some influence on it. You can say like, okay, I'm feeling a song about this, or I'm feeling some type of way about that. Like, give me a beat that matches that, you know, vibe, and then you go off of that. Yeah, and then like sometimes like, whenever I like, I'll do a, say like I do a whole song, and then it's time to go back and like add the ad libs to it and stuff like that. I'll tell them, okay, look, this is what I like right here. This is where I want the double back, like. uh like on go for a slide, like at the very end, how it skips, like that's the course, but it skips a line in each of the course. So gotta bring the drip, you know it came from me side, and then it skips a line. I want the honey, I'm talking straight from the hive. So it like always skips. Different type of stuff like that, he's good at. And so once I finish doing my ad libs normally, I'm just like, Louie, put your own sauce on it. And I sit back <laughs> and I just I I let him do his thing and let him get in his own. Cause the more he's focused, the better it is. And then Whenever I see him exporting it and he turns up that monitor, I know what time it is. So it's a re- really, it is a collaborative effort between you two, you know, to get the song to its final kind of release point. Yeah, it is. And it's the main thing is environment, though. Like, you got to make sure that the environment is set just right. Like, I can't go in there like... Like, how we're talking like that. Man, if I went in there like that, I'd never, ever make a song ever in my life because... It wouldn't be nothing. Like when I go in there, I'm turned up to the max. Like <laughs> I, I'm in there sweating. Like I, I'm, I'm giving it my all. Cause like 
this is a whole different type of thing. I'm I, I'm doing this for everybody, and I'm doing this to sell a product, and not only that, sell myself. But like I said, when I done the Quest of Life podcast, hey, what who who better you want to hear some? Who better do you want to hear getting ready to go into battle? Somebody else or yourself? I want to hear myself on that driving range before it's time for me to step on that T-Box and time for me to start the show. And so that's why I do it. Like, I like listening to myself because, for one, we talking about golf, so I'm in the mood of golf. I ain't worried about listening about nobody buying money, cars, clothes, doing all this other type of stuff. We talking about golf, and that's what we out here doing is golf. So that's why I do it. Where's Where's the love of golf come from? Was it family members that played? How did you kind of first get introduced to it? I'm a, okay. My grandpa, he he's the one who introduced me. My dad, he's in jail. He's been in jail like my whole life. So like my grandparents are pretty. My grandpa is like my is my dad. He's my superhero. That's what I tell everybody. But he he started with a like an old group uh, that he works with, and then I just kind of you know I I've always followed him. Like bowling, man. Like me and my grandpa, we can bowl like two hundreds, like back to back to back. Like it's nothing. Golf. He was really good at golf, and as a kid, like I was probably like mm, twelve, uh, I say about eleven or twelve, and I could hit the golf ball about two fifty, two sixty. And then my grandpa was like, "Okay, maybe you should stop playing football. Maybe you should stop playing basketball and play golf." And <laughs> me being the teenage dummy that I was, I didn't think that golf was cool because everybody in high school didn't think that golf was going to be cool, but I had a talent in it. So once I got older, I started using it for like, you know, therapy and PTSD and stuff like that. And so, and then people started telling me like, bro, if you ever learn how to control the golf ball, you would be good. Cause you hit a golf ball like a mile. And so I had never really just went to the driving range like that. I just used what natural talent and what I learned from the years of playing as a kid to get me through. And then once I started finally practicing and I started learning control, then I went and got fitted for my first set of clubs. Then I started practicing getting a little bit better. Then I went and got fitted for my set I got now. And then I was like, okay, I can give I can give pretty much anybody a run for their money. Like I believe in myself that much and my scores show it too. And that's why I don't even like to post my none of my stuff on on my social media and stuff like that, because you, you got to take that gamble and risk of coming approaching me and place the money, <laughs> uh, of money of what I got. But here, like next week, next week I'm going, I'm going to be playing in my first professional tournament for the, for the year. What, now is that in and around the DFW yeah, area? DFW area. Yeah. It'll be on okay. the fairway golf tour. It'll be next Thursday, at, uh, Hackberry Creek golf course in Dallas. All right. So you're in a extremely, golf rich area of the country I've, I've been blessed enough to play uh some places down there i played water chase uh i, I played water uh, chase okay water okay chase. Then if you if you play water chase you know uh the golf course right next to it uh that takes the golf center like, yeah gym yep. yep yeah i just went and did like a video out there like a promo for them uh and all types of stuff out there it's man i i love that little place they, it, it, that's did you see great- those did you see those mansions that they have there for them kids that used to come and stay for camp? Yes. <laughs> it is that like, is ridiculous. That is it's, ridiculous. It's like make-a-wish type deal. I mean, yes. it's it's crazy. And, I, wonder uh, what you, I wonder what you have to do to be born into something like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't, you got you to gotta <laughs> pop out of the right stomach somewhere. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, it's funny because I always tell the story that, you know, I've never played in like, I always have thought, that I've played in wind. 
and then I was down in Fort Worth. Um, I guess it was what? When's the stockyard show? Like mid January, right? Yeah, that's what. Like growing growing up as a kid, that's what I was gonna. I was just now that you said that, that's what I also did from about the third grade till I graduated. Well, not the third grade. I take that back. A little bit, a little bit sooner than that. But I started showing cows and shooting high school. Man, I was traveling every weekend showing cows. I raised short horns, all different types of breeds. I won buckles. I was, I had one of the top ten short horn heifers in the state of Texas. Like I do everything. <laughs> I mean, we if if you're not getting this East Texas vibe right now, and then hearing the the train whistle in the background, like I don't know what to tell you. This is like. This this just hits me the right way. Like my wife's gonna hear this podcast. She's gonna be like, I know, I know you love it down there. I, I got it. But so we were down there mid January, um, not for the stockyard show. It just the parade happened to be on one of the days that they that we were there. You know, so they sand the streets and everything. And and yep. I was just blown away by you know actual like real cowboys and and these pep bands and and all this stuff. And it was phenomenal. So the next day I go out and I'm at the Rock, right. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm down at the Rock, uh, you know, municipal course down there, kind of bare bones, really cool, you know, awesome people. And I got paired up with this guy. You're talking, about, you're talking about Rockwood. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yep. And, uh, and I'm playing with this, this complete, like, true Texan cowboy hat and everything, flannel shirt, and his name was Blue. And I was like, this is going to be a round to oh, remember. So this man, this man taught me about fire ants. He taught me about... How to play stingers in the wind. Yeah. Dude, it was blowing like 40 miles an hour. And I was like, I have never seen a day like this. And he's like, This is this is normal, man. Like, this is nothing special. At Fossil Creek, at Fossil Creek, the driver range, like you're hitting in the south direction, and the wind blows out of the south in Fort Worth probably 90% of the time. So there's like, and the course is built around that too. So like there's a lot of times when, man, I can hit it. I can, I can hit a 58 degree. Like if I swing a hundred percent, like 110 yards, if I swing like a good hard swing, but balanced and a nice smooth swing, probably about a hundred, 105 yards. And there'll be some days that ball will go maybe like 70 yards. And you're just like, <laughs> what the heck? What the heck? And like, you, and it'll be like a 75 yard shot and you'll swing full swing and that ball will land right there on the number. And you're like, how the heck does the wind grab the golf ball that bad? Is that is it something that you ever get frustrated with, or growing up your whole life there is just one of those things like I, I'm, I'm that's how I'm, I'm used to playing. With you. Like because as a kid, like my favorite club to hit was the driver. I mean, that's everybody's favorite club to hit. I mean, for sure. Not then. Why are you even playing golf? But growing up at hitting that, that's my favorite thing to do, and. Being at a young age and hitting the ball super really like super duper far, I thought it was cool for people to you know they'd be like, man, I didn't know you could hit the ball that far. I didn't know a kid could hit the ball that far. So <laughs> I practice accurate. I practice accuracy a lot. So like in those times with the driver, like if the wind's blowing real real hard, I hit my driver like as far as I can, put it into play. And the closer I am to the green, the better. I mean, obviously, but. I like that's my that's my way of playing in the wind. And I know that that's totally wrong from like what the like conventional golfer tell you. Like you know you want to play low fairway shots, but hey, it can't. It's be whatever on works you. for you, hey, right? It cannot be on you. It has to be in you. Remember that. 
if you have it, that, that's my style. Everybody has their playing style, and that's how I grew up playing. That's what I'm comfortable with. And when I step into a golf ball, every swing is 100% commitment, and I'm going to let the ball fly, and I'll deal with the consequences later. <laughs> so you, you talked about your this is your first professional tournament next week, right? Uh, well, this will be my second one. My first, oh, okay. My first one was last year, and this will be my first one of 2020. Okay, gotcha. Um, like the the COVID stuff had everything. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it, it shut everything down, and and you guys are kind of dealing with it more now so than than we are up in the Northeast. It hit kind of us first, and I mean, you know, obviously it's just going to bounce back and forth unless people start kind of, you know, getting their heads on straight. But w- what's the mindset going into the the first tournament of the year next week? To Man, I would put in so much. You like you wouldn't. Nobody will ever believe how much work I put into this. How much dedication and time and sweat. Man, you talk about. There's been days when I've just like. I mean, it's golf. Like everybody has those days, but I take it. I take it to a whole other extreme because I like to be the best at whatever I do, and I don't just like to say that. I like you. I've had people like literally tell me like, bro. You need to go home and like get some rest and like drink water and stuff. Cause I'd be dehydrated, but I was still out there at one o'clock in a hundred degree heat because I, my session wasn't perfect. What I was working on wasn't perfect for the day, and so going into the, into this tournament is like I'm not I'm not worried because this is what I worked hard for. This is what I've been putting all this time and effort and practice and everything else. Through. Now it's just time to get out there and show people like who I really am what kind of skills I really possess and you're either going to get on board with me or you're going to get out the way, but either way you're going to know who I am. When, when you're, when you're playing, are you the type of guy that's, are, are you chatty out there or do you kind of just keep to yourself and your and your caddy and do your own thing? Tournament, I, um, tournament time. I, no, I'm a mixture of both because the best thing, the best thing on a golf course for relaxation is having fun. If you have to have fun and, Everything else like that, your nerves are calm and everything else like that. You hit a good shot, hey, good shot, that type of stuff. But I go into like a complete different hyper focus, like especially when I get mad. If I hit a bad shot, if I hit one bad shot, I'm like, okay, I can't do that no more. And I get mad at myself. And instead of most people, when they get mad at themselves, they do worse. That's like I'm my hardest. I'm like I, I motivate myself. Nobody else can motivate me, and it's weird and it's bad sometimes because I do need that push from other people when I've been working on something for so long, and it's a grind. But I I do everything. I, I you know I push myself and I go. And at the end of the day, we just got to see what's gonna happen. Like I'm either gonna win or I'll be third or whatever. We accept the results, but how did it come? But at the end of the day, I know that I'm prepared and I'm ready. And the other people who I'm playing against better be ready because I ain't been I ain't been playing around. I have not been playing around. If you're if you're paired up with somebody, you know, and let's say they hit uh, an awful shot or something happens like that, um, can they make their way into maybe a future song, like almost a golf diss track? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I that's that's one thing I don't I do I do not clout chase and I do not diss people so I'm not gonna try to get no fame off somebody else's name and I'm not and man listen I I of everybody have the least to talk about anybody hitting a bad shot when I very first started out my slice was so bad man you don't even want to know and 
So, like, I've been there that stage. You don't wake up in the morning and you're Tiger Woods. Like, it just don't work like that. So I understand. As long as you're out there and you're working to get better and you're trying to get better, man, I don't care about nothing. Now, there are some goofballs out there who just go out there and goof off and piss everybody off at the golf course because they're in the way and they don't really care. Them type of people, you might make your way in the song just because nobody <laughs> pees. But as far as the individual, because he had made a mistake, shoot, I hit I hit balls over in the rough sometimes. I hit them out of bounds sometimes. It's part of it. I mean, I lost three balls two nights ago playing. I'm I'm trying to make my way into a song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'll tell you this much. I've in the last three rounds I've played, I've maybe lost two golf balls, maybe. Maybe two. Yeah, maybe maybe two. And that's how I've been keeping up with that that's my thing. Just as long as you can play with the golf ball you started with, you really you're doing good. You are you're literally preaching there. I mean that's like you, you want to know a good round, your score might not indicate the way that you played, but if if you start off with the same titleist or whatever, I know you play Bridge Bridgestone. Um okay. If, if you start with the same Bridgestone and you end with that same Bridgestone, I mean, that is that is a day conquered in my book, hands down. Man, man absolutely, man. And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you another thing that what people don't understand. You actually do have to do your, your homework outside of, of course, like the course I practice at and play at a lot. Yes, I know that one and all the ones around this area, I know. But, like, when it comes time for me getting ready, I look at it like if I was getting ready to go fishing on a whole brand new lake, I'm going to. I, I'm going to look at the yardages. I'm going to look at, okay, on this tee box, do I want to hit this club or do I want to hit that? I'll take notes in my in my journal or my phone and think, how am I going to play this shot or that shot or whatever the case might be. So as far as, like, as far as combining all that stuff, you have to figure out a balance. I guess, I guess you can say. So I, I use all that type of stuff, and I figure out, Okay, when I go to the golf course, golf is a not about as the golf course changes, your swing changes or anything else like that. Like, you know how people say don't go to the driving range too much because it's too bad. It's bad for you. Well, at a driving range, guess what? You're working on those shots. When you go to the golf course, the golf course is going to change. But those shots, you're still either going to have to hit a straight shot, a fade or a draw right or wrong. Correct. 100 percent. Exactly. So. When people say a driving range is bad for you or whatever like that, I disagree because you have, you know, you have to work on those type of shots. But I, I just, that's just how I put everything into my game as far as I know the shots that I can hit. I know the shots I'm working on. Now it's up to me to go out there and execute one of those three shots. And keeping it that simple is another way of going super duper low. It makes complete perfect sense, and yet a lot of people uh, will not do that, you know, and then their games suffer. Um, I, I want to talk about Gas House Golf a little bit. I know there's no, like, real yes. good segue, but, I mean, I feel like your lifestyle is all gas, no breaks. And so yes. my boy Rich, and, and everyone knows him from the podcast, he came down to Pine. Shout out to Gas House Golf for this <laughs> opportunity. I told y'all I was going to give you a huge shout-out because you set this up, and I, I'm going to give credit where it's due. I do not take credit from nobody. It, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm not going to lie. So Rich, Rich texted me and he says, Hey man, like I, I kind of got hooked up with this guy, Tiger Hoods. Um, like I listened to his music it's, it's decent. Like, 
go, you know, I have, you know uh, Apple Music is like, go to Apple Music, get it, listen to it, hit me back. Okay. So I did what he said. I listened to it. I said, hey, this is like actually legit. Like this is legit rap. Like this is a, a, a someone that knows what they're doing. This is not like your SoundCloud rapper from high school, right? It's not like all your friends that made SoundCloud raps. So I said, how do you know this guy? We get to start talking. He's like, hey, man, I think you should have him on the pod. I was like, dude, I, so, so do I. Like, <laughs> um, because you know what? I, you know, I'm not going to lie, man. It's it's so different than our typical guest. And like to me, anything different about golf or different within golf, I love. Because I say it all the time. People probably get sick and tired of hearing me on the podcast. But golf is not all your silver spoon in the mouth kids that, you know, go to a private course that costs a hundred grand a year and stuff like that's, that's like 0.1% of golf. Like true golf is the municipal down the road is, is the family owned nine hole course where the kids cut the grass in the summer is, is going and playing like in East Texas in the middle of summer, 120 degrees when the wind's blowing yeah, 30 right miles there. an hour. Basically the course is almost like a, like, yes, I, I have the privilege of playing the nice pretty courses in Fort Worth. When you come to East Texas, besides this brand new golf course here called Tempest, like pretty much all of them, like the one I've been playing that's pretty nice too, but they're all pretty much like pasture grass. Like you see, they're not golf course grass for sure. If, especially if you miss the fairway, if you miss the fairway, you really going to find out what playing in East Texas is about. <laughs> so on, on the podcast, we call them goat tracks, right? Because most people call them dog tracks. Um, but we've got one near me called Indian Mountain. It's, it's one of those ones you drop $10 inside the door. You go out with as many people as you want. It's nine holes. Um, and there are some goat tracks, you know, like Augusta and stuff yeah. like that. And then there's some goat tracks. You know what I mean? And, and so that's how we reference them around here. But I understand. And, and I've played them and I love them. And they all have their own different charm and unique characteristics. And that's, that's I, I guess you can say that is something that I have been very, very privileged to say. And like, you know, it's hard to sometimes like it, I, I try to find the good in every situation and think about it as God showing me like a puzzle piece. Like I need this puzzle piece to put right here to help better this or to grow this or to further this. So like growing up having a bad slice and playing these in these Texas I means I was in the bad stuff a lot of times. Now you go on my Instagram and I can hit stingers out the trees. I can do all this. stuff. So it taught me something. And all those frustrating times as a kid when I was ready to quit golf and throw my club and had to ride two holes because I couldn't control my attitude and everything else like that. Now I'm appreciative for it. <laughs> now I'm appreciative for it. I appreciate all those lost golf balls and throwing scratches and everything <laughs> everything else that are over there. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I truly believe that you can't appreciate great golf and great architecture unless you've played less than great golf and less than great architecture because you have no reference point. So like if you grew up playing on, you know, I, I don't know, like um, uh, winged foot or Marion or something like that, if you grew up on those courses, you, you don't have any frame of reference, you know? Um, I mean, I grew up playing that's courses a, where I was, I was lucky there was grass. That's how I was when I, when I moved to Fort Worth. Like, here in East Texas, like, yeah, the courses are pretty. And they, I mean, they have, they're, they're pretty for what they are and stuff like that. And I moved to, like, the BFW and started playing them courses. And I'm like, okay, like, this is a whole different type of thing. And then, then it's trying to get people to understand, okay, 
them type of like them differences in courses like that require two totally different styles of play. Like up there, you know, if you if you don't hit the ball clean or whatever, you chunk it or whatever. Like the fairways and stuff, everything's so well manicured that they're a little bit more forgiving. You're hitting off of like clay mm-hmm. and short grass and the, some dirt spots in the middle of the fairway and stuff like that. Like you have to be prepared for that type of stuff, and that that type of stuff gives you, a, I, to me, I think, gives us an advantage because that's way less, you know, that's way out of the realm than what you see at a PGA course or a course that's good enough to hold a tournament. Oh, I, I will say it till I'm blue in the face. It is so much easier to score on a difficult course that is well manicured than it is on an easy course that is not well maintained. Very true. That is, I learned that. Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head with that one. So we've got some we've got some great listeners, some some great fans. Um, I didn't I didn't ask for questions. I, I don't ever rarely do that because I like to think of this just as a conversation. But I put up that we would be recording tonight. Um, I I went and checked just real quickly as you were talking uh, the DMs, and we got a few questions from people on Instagram land. You cool answering some of them? Okay. Okay. Uh, first one, real simple. They want to know top three courses that you have played. Your favorite. Top three favorite. Okay, first of all, I'm going to have to say my home course, Fossil Creek. That's going to be number one. I mean, it's a hard course. It's a Palmer design course. So, I mean, you can only imagine the level of difficulty. Like, most tournaments there, you're looking at two, three under for a first place round. Like, round by round. Like, it's pretty tough. Um Second would have to be Tempest, which is it's a pretty much a brand new golf course. I, I just found out a couple of days ago that the people who own Pinehurst are the ones who own it now uh, here in East Texas. And it's called Tempest Golf Club, and it's a really phenomenal golf course, well manicured and everything else like that. My third favorite would have to be a golf course down on Lake Sam Rayburn, which is in like southeast Texas, and it's Rayburn Country Golf Course. It is a private golf course, and... It is by far, I mean, it is immaculate. And you talk about the architect on that. So, like, they'll have, like, a bunker stacked on top of a bunker on stacked on top of a bunker, like, <laughs> staggered, and you're hitting up a hill. So if you're short anywhere, you're going in these sand traps, and you're trying to hit way uphill, like, if you were in the sand trap at St. Andrews, like, it's hard. It's, I mean, I'm telling you, it's a hard course, but it's beautiful. And it's right there close to the lake with the tall pine trees. I think that's my, I think that's probably my most favorite thing. Pine trees around a golf course. They make a golf course. I'm an enormous fan. Uh, I'm in love with Pinehurst, the Southern Pine, West End region of North Carolina. So I, I completely feel you on that. I mean, 100%. Like, look at, look at, look at Augusta. Like, ponds i mean everywhere you have a pond golf course like the views are gonna be nice and i don't know it just that scenery makes me think of home like here in east texas or in texas general until you get pretty much to about 30 or 40 minutes east of dallas like i mean it's nothing but pine trees and the farther south you go the thicker they get someone wants to know where is the best barbecue in Texas? This is a question. I did not ask this. People will think I asked this, but this is a question after my own heart right here. Oh, man. You're, prob- you're probably going to upset some people and I then know. make other people happy. 
I know, man. There's so many great ones. And then the crazy part is each one of them got their own unique thing and then trying to pick over that. But I will say this, just because it's near and dear to, like, my family as well. Cooper's Barbecue in Fort Worth on the stockyards, it's been on the food network and stuff like that. It's pretty legit, man. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. It's a hard one to beat. If not, then the number one voted barbecue is right here in Tyler, Texas, and that's Stanley's Barbecue. They have a sandwich there called a brother-in-law, which is a, a hot link sliced in half on a piece of bread with chopped beef on top of the hot link with a slice of cheese and barbecue sauce. Man, when I tell you that thing is so good, it'll make you want to bite your fingers off. I'm not kidding. That uh, it, that literally is right up my alley. No matter where I go, I always try to find the best barbecue place. I ate it. Um, we ate one meal at Risky's. Yes. Uh, when we were the down there. Yards? Yep, yep. Um, th- that was fantastic. You know, I didn't, Man. I didn't really know. We were just kind of in the. Did you get oh, a steak? We did. We did. Okay, I'm gonna say their steaks are the best. Like by far, one of the best. Yeah, uh, if I remember correctly, I believe that's where we got one of the dry-aged steaks. And, I mean, it was like, you know, butter. Like, cut it with a, cut it with a fork. Yeah, they, they are, you know? I'm telling you, they have some of the best. Like, some of the best. All right, somebody is obviously a Jeezy fan. They want to know, who is your favorite rapper's favorite rapper? Who is my favorite? Who is my favorite rapper's favorite rapper? Yeah. That is that I, I I didn't look I, I closed my phone. I, obviously, someone is is stealing that from uh, a young Jeezy song. Yeah, uh, man, I guess my favorite. Man, it's hard to pick on on my favorites because um, everybody brings their own style. I me personally because I'm so rooted into the Texas music. I like all the Texas people. If you're from Texas and you rap. Unless you just aren't that good at all, and I give everybody a chance because I expect everybody to give me a chance. Like I pretty much rock with you, and I listen to your music and stuff like that. But if I had to make favorite list, I'm gonna go. This would be my top three: NBA YoungBoy. He's the number one, hands down. Number two, I have to go with Fred Bang. and number three. Oh man, I like Rod Wave, man. Rod Wave is shaking things up. Okay, the next one they want to know, and this 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 is a this is a well thought out question. I think I, I don't I don't know if I have the answer. You're obviously um, a better person to ask on this. Is Texas Southern rap? Yeah, we're the heart of the South. Like, man, okay, listen, take this out. I see so many things. Like, I see someone say, oh. The South, and then the state will be Tennessee or North Carolina or South Carolina. And I'm not dissing nobody's state or none of that type of stuff, but I'm just saying, man, first of all, Texas, we're bigger than everybody. Second of all, we we have so much talent and everything else like that here in the South. Like football, from football to anything else, man, the talent, most talented people, really, they come from Texas. And, I, man, Texas is the heart and soul of Southern rap. You got the third coast rap, which is like your Houston. You got your DFW and all that other type of stuff like that. Like, think about it. We're not the heart and soul of rap. Like, there's Texas independent artists that you will never, ever know, and they make more money than what you can even think about. And you never even hear their name because Texas is so big that they can have a fan base within Texas to support them. 
I have, I've literally in my lifetime, 42 years now, I have never met somebody from Texas that is not unequivocally in love with Texas. And I, <laughs> I, I love it. Like I, when I was down there, I felt the state pride. Like I wanted to wrap myself in, you know, the Texas flag. It, it's just, it's infectious, man. Honestly, I love it. Man, we take pride. We take pride in like, I'm a t- I'll say this much. Here in Texas, I don't know. It's kind of just everything is natural. Like, just like how people say, like, here in Texas, football is a, is a second religion. Like, everything is just so ingrained at a young age because everybody's either competitive or they have some type of talent. Or to be this, you have to be able to do this and stuff like that that you build up a pride not only – I use it as an extra motivation. That's why I say I'm the best rap golfer in Texas for a while. Who going to tell me different? Who going to prove me otherwise? Second of all, that's where I'm from. That's Everybody who's from Texas is going to rep Texas to the day that they die, and they're going to rep it 100%. They're never going to swap up on it. They might swap up on everything else, but they will never swap up on where they're from because we have Texas pride. All right, this is a contentious point in the Northeast, and I've lived in the Northeast my, my entire life, traveled extensively across the country, but, you know, Northeast is home, uh, for better or for worse, you know? I'm not going to get into that. But up here, people will say Virginia starts the South. Now, as a true Northeaster, I don't believe that. I want to hear from the mouth of a Southern man where and what do you consider the South? Okay, I will go from Texas all the way up to Oklahoma and then just draw a line pretty much across. I'll, I'll throw North Carolina in there, and I'll throw South Carolina in there. Everything below that line, so like your Tennessee, your Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, uh that, that that's pretty much the south like okay. that, that's what i consider the south right right yeah i mean hey everyone's got their opinions and i, I appreciate that i've got this theory i want to run this theory by you about florida okay because i have family from florida and, and just like texas is almost its own country florida is very close to it um i have a theory that the more north you go in florida the more southern the state actually is Oh. Meaning, I don't believe that the Florida Keys, Miami, I don't think any no. of that is, no. is the oh. South. No, 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 because that's like where the money and like their entertainment and everything else and stuff is. Like that, that's uh, everything is like, I guess you can say, you know, uh, developed, I guess you can say. So here, man, when I think of like South, because I've raised in the South, like man, like you can go to some of my family members' house, you ain't gonna do no cell phone service, like at all, <laughs> like none. And like what we do for fun is like I, that's why I try to tell you all the time. I'm 22, but like kids, kids now they don't know anything about being like you know growing up outside. So like, like here in the South, man, when I was 10 years old, my grandpa took me to the academy bought me a 1022 like a not 1022 a 410 and a 22 like single shot and got me a box of bullets for each a backpack took me to walmart got me a prepaid phone and man every day i go in the woods and go shoot squirrels or rabbits or something like that and then if i wasn't and 
how I knew when to come home was either they called me or I could hear my grandpa on the front porch yell my name and here I come running through the woods. Like that's that's being in the South. That's growing up in the country. That's that's what I'm talking about. Just because you were born in the South don't mean you're from the South and just because you're in a certain state don't mean it's the South either. Because there's a lot of places that I'm like, boy, hey, no, this is no, this is no nothing close to country. <laughs> I that. think that all the time when I'm in Fort Worth too, like especially because it's supposed to be cow town it's supposed to be country without stockyard and stuff like that there's so many so much stuff going on i'm like but this is not no country stuff y'all don't even know what country is take two take a two-hour east trip on i-20 to east texas close to louisiana line you'll find out where east texas and south is real fast i, I mean I, I love that like you're you're literally man, describing my, man, like gr- the america i love a fast pro shop hat everywhere that's yeah. how you know we're from the south <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, I, I do have to say that almost everyone where I live around here in Pennsylvania also wears that, and we're nowhere near the South. So, <laughs> hey, hey, but, hey, but check this out. They, they probably ain't wearing the camouflage shirt to match with it either. Uh, I, I got to take you around where I live here because, <laughs> because let me tell you this. This is going to blow your mind. Okay? Well, you're in, Pennsylvania, you're in Pennsylvania, though. Like Pennsylvania, Illinois, Ohio, stuff like that. Like them are known for big deer country. Like my, my family yeah. growing up here in East Texas, like, man, since I was probably four years old, I knew how to throw a bait cast reel. Me and my grandpa went tournament after tournament after tournament, fishing tournament, bass tournaments, uh, go hunting. I done shot every deer except for two in my life with a bow. Like, so I, I know I know what you mean by that. You're, you're going to make a lot of our Pennsylvania fans super happy right now because they're going to be able to relate 100%. And I will tell you this, and everyone in Northeast PA will understand this, this is how big deer hunting and that culture is here, that we have an extra day off for all public schools added to our Thanksgiving vacation for the first day of buck hunting season. We get off. Exactly. Right there, you go. Like, we, we have a we have a whole weekend in here in Texas. Like before the weekend before deer season opens, the kids it's the youth weekend. The kids get to go out there, do their own thing. At the end of the year, they have another one. They have a day where you can shoot a doe without a permit, like all that type of stuff. I I know exactly what you mean. It's serious down here too. <laughs> it's super serious. Like man, I'm telling you. You know, my family, everybody in my family involved, like here in, the, here in like the next two weeks, they're finna get ready to go to West Texas to go get ready to go dove hunting for the first weekend of dove hunting in September. So we, we do all that. Everything's covered across the board in my camp pretty much. All right. So we've got to let the people know you've got to hype yourself up now. You got to be your own hype man. You got to do your own promos. Okay. Let people know. Where they find you on Instagram, on Facebook, on iTunes, how to get the album, how to connect with you, how to interact. Okay. Everybody can find me on every single platform on like social media platform at tiger.hoods.903. That's all, all across the board. If you go to like Spotify, Apple Music, you can just type in tigerhoods903. I just dropped the album called Diamond in the Rough. It's nine songs, golf songs, some of them freestyle some of them are song songs um and i and i also want to give this little seed what i'm doing with this music is to bridge a gap this is this is i i have a lot of small reasons but the number one reason if i'm gonna put this on record for the very first time the number one reason i'm doing this is to bridge the gap like what i'm doing right now 
interaction, bringing someone else into my world so they have an understanding and not a preconceived notion about what I have going on. Just because I'm black or just because I have diamonds in my earrings or I have a pocket, like a whole bunch of cash in my pocket, doesn't give you the right to single me out any type of way. And just because you look a certain way, doesn't, like, hey, we're all at the golf course to do one thing, and that's either make a birdie or a par or whatever it is that you feel comfortable shooting and get some money and have some have a good time and go on about that. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make sure that everybody feels comfortable listening to my music, whether you're young, you're old, you're black, you're white. Man, I have more I have people in Germany, France, South Africa, I mean Great Britain, all over the place tagging me in music. And that's another thing. If you if you listen to my music and you go on the golf course or you're at the house or whatever and use my music, please tag me because I will reshare it. I, I do not mind giving free promo to anybody because you're supporting my music and that's the least I can do is return the favor. Justin, I'm going to tell you what. If we had more people like you in this world right now, I think we'd be in a much better place. I cannot thank you enough for what you were doing for the game, what you were doing for the younger generation, uh, and what you're doing to bridge the gap because it is truly people like you that are going to make a difference and are currently making a difference. So sincerely from myself and the rest of the podcast, I thank you for coming on. I thank you for spreading your message. Man, thank uh, you so much for, for sure. Like, thank you so much for this opportunity. Like I, like I just went, hey, it's funny that like this even went about because I had like some, some podcasts follow me they only had like two or three hundred followers or whatever and i'm not knocking them but they like hit me up and they were like please like my video and please watch and please subscribe and all this other type of stuff like that and i'm like i have almost 1500 more followers than you or whatever case it might be like if you just sit down and do a five or ten minute interview or whatever like that and then i can reshare that and that's helping me reach a new audience and that's helping you reach a bigger audience to grow so I appreciate you for allowing me to come onto your platform and also diverge our platforms together. That way we can continue to grow. And I hope that this is just the first of many because, man, this is, this, this, man, I'm telling you right now, if this, if this music stuff really does take off on a whole different platform than what I have going right now, then I promise you whenever this will be my platform, I will come back to this platform. This is the first platform that I ever dropped the interview after my very first album. I will always come back and show love to this. Always. All right, so people, you you heard it here first. Tiger Hoods 903, Diamond in the Rough. The album is out. Go to iTunes. If you have Apple Music, get it. If you got Spotify, get it. Listen to it. Share it with people. Tag us in it. Tag him in it. And just be good people out there. Simple as that. And, one, and once again, shout out to the Gas House Golf, man, for the clothes, for the head cover, for setting up this opportunity and for this interview. Like, everything. I right, man, much love. And guess what? In my very first music video, I will have my gas house golf attire on. Okay, and I'm going to say much love and shout out to my man Louie for dropping the beats, my man Tiger Hoods 903. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am, man. Everybody, please help. Let, man, let's flood the golf courses, man. Let's, let's take over. Let's start getting rid of all the stipulations and the, oh, you got to wear this and you got to look like this and you got to be this type of player. Let's get rid of that. Let's, everybody... Start jamming the music at the golf course. Bring your little wireless speaker out there. Turn it up a little bit. Have a good time. Enjoy the moment, man. There's too many people out here who are dying at young ages. Too much, too much violence. Too much racial tension. Too much all this type of stuff, man. 
everybody like the change starts with somebody. Are you gonna be that change, or are you gonna continue to let the problem go on? And that's what that's something I've never been a follower. I've always been a leader. I'm gonna do what I want to do, and I'm gonna stick to that to the end. And my goal and my job is to make sure that everybody feels comfortable underneath my umbrella of Tiger Woods nine zero three when you're at a golf course. All right, people. Simple as that. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying. (laughs) (laughs) The game of golf is more than a sport. It's a lifestyle. Blue skies, bright sun, the walk, good friends, and the shots that keep you coming back. That is golf. Iconic, vintage, classic. Eagles and Arrows didn't create the look. They've only perfected it. Eagles and Arrows provides the classic American golf look with a modern spin. Hats, gloves, club head covers, and my favorite, the vintage American carry bag, are some of the amazing items you can find at eaglesandarrows.com. Follow them on Instagram at eaglesandarrowsco. It's eaglesandarrowscompanyco on Instagram. Love golf, live life, Eagles and Arrows.